guys, this is Leva Bates. This is Rich Bokini. This is Steve Young. Teddy Stigma, the world's worst role model. E-F-F-Y-F-E. This is Holiday. This is El Serpentigo. The princess of pro wrestling, SoCalVal. And we are the Ugly Ducklings. And you are listening to the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle, the whole Reffin Show. And now... The wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle. The whole reffin' show. And we're back! Ladies and gentlemen, hashtag dear listeners, welcome back to the only wrestling podcast that calls it... Right down the middle, that would have to be the whole ref and show. My name is Perry Smith. And my name is Darren Beasley. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> we did it. Well, see you next time, folks. <laughs> we did do it, though. We did come back. Uh, even if it did end right now, we're making good on the promise. We did not go gently into that good night. We are back. From beyond the grave, it, some had feared, I think. Um, <laughs> thank you to all the hashtag dear listeners who thought that we had, in fact, gone on to our great reward. We we have not. We are here rewardless in the here and now, uh, in the physical realm with all of you. And we couldn't be happier to be there. Absolutely. I'm glad that, uh, yeah, I'm sure that all of our hashtag dear listeners jumped to that that conclusion of oh they must be dead they they, they most they, they must be independently dead the two guys uh, who live nowhere near each other both have died somehow uh, since the hiatus has been going on uh, yeah impromptu hiatus sorry about that folks uh, holiday season and all that real life stuff all all that stuff I mean God it, it's been it's been since last year since we recorded Darren oh quick New Year's joke. It's a New Year's joke. It's a dad joke, but it, I mean, it almost—it's it, this one's almost legitimate. This one kind of feels. This one has some teeth to it. It it actually has been a little too long, and so I could not be happier than I am right now. I am absolutely tickled pink uh, to be sitting across the Skype waves. From you, Perry Smith, and, and I'm glad that uh, all of you, everyone within the sound of my voice, <laughs> is bringing me deep, deep into your ears. Yes, I'm glad uh, that we have returned. I'm glad that you're with me, Darren, at the end of all things. And uh, I'm, glad, uh, I'm glad that we're here once again to uh, educate, uh, entertain, and uh, ha- have some laughs here. On uh, the only wrestling podcast, calls it right down the middle. The whole ref and show, Darren. What are we talking about today? Oh man, I, I, we're talking about so much stuff. It's it's a new year. It's uh, it's not a it's not a new it's not a new whole ref and show. But we're gonna it's gonna kind of feel a little new. I hope it doesn't feel like rookie new, like mistake making new. But um, I hope it feels like rejuvenated you, like spa day you. This is spa day, whole reference show. And um, we're breaking out in the 2020 
and we're going to talk about uh, my trip to Dynamite. Talk about kicking off the new year, New Year's Day in Jacksonville, Florida. I was there. I was there. Hashtag we were there, but oh, hashtag I was there. Um, <laughs> right. I was there with our buddy Jared Hill. Hey. Uh, we're going to talk about we're going to talk about that trip to Dynamite and what's happening with all elite wrestling. We're going to talk about Wrestle Kingdom 14. Um, uh, <laughs> our man in the field, Tom Breen, taking it all the way to the Tokyo Dome. And uh, I, I definitely want to chat with you, Perry, about the results from Tokyo. There's a, there's, we're going to talk about the Forbidden Door. Hashtag, dear listeners, do you know what I'm talking about? If you don't, buckle up. Uh, we're also going to talk about more impact, no pun intended. We're not going to talk about impact. Impact is about going to be about the only company we don't talk about today. But um, in terms of the impact that Wrestle Kingdom made, it will reverberate through AEW and WWE. What about NWA? Billy Corgan's upstart, resurgent, you know, 2020, new year, new NWA, NWA power has cultivated its own little cult following with a really, really different, daring, throwback aesthetic. Um, and then talking about the Forbidden Door again, the relationship that NWA has begun with ROH, we're going to discuss it. We are going to bid an adios to La Parca Dos, and then we're going to talk about the Royal Rumble. The Royal Rumble is only two weeks away. And in the midst of our hiatus, we had the return of CM Punk, sort of, sort of. And uh, we're just now learning about John Hennigan's return, as well as the potential uh, hiatus, speaking of hiatuses, of the revival. And we're going to talk about how all of that factors in to this year's Royal Rumble, the Royal Rumble 2020. And... We would be remiss if we did not give you the first announcement on the air live of the fourth annual Whole Reffin Show Royal Rumble Contest. Perry, that's a lot to talk about. Now that is a lot to take in, ladies and gentlemen. Our cups runneth over. Let's go ahead and start from the top with some of them beautiful headlines. So it is a new year. It is the year 2020, 2020. I don't believe it. I don't really like it. Uh, the future is now, and uh, I feel old. Also, <laughs> my uh, the the man that I affectionately refer to as my baby brother is now a father. Uh, December 4th of 2019, my younger brother, Tullus, uh, he and his wife, Jamie, they had their first child. And I am now an uncle to a gorgeous, lovely, happy and healthy baby niece, Nellie Beasley. And so, Nellie Beasley, you are now introduced to the hashtag Dear Listeners. Yay. Well, congratulations to you on becoming an uncle. And, of course, congratulations to uh, Tellus and Jamie. Lovely news. Very good to hear that. And uh, yeah, couldn't be uh, couldn't be happier for you. Well, thank you very much. And so what did I do with this bundle of joy that came down from Virginia to visit 
me and my family and enjoy Christmas and New Year's together. Well, I ran off to Jacksonville, Florida <laughs> in order to catch a show by All Elite Wrestling and uh, joined at AEW's homecoming New Year's Day live edition of Dynamite on TNT drama. Uh, I was with Jared Hill and we were in the fourth row at the Daly's Place, the amphitheater adjacent to Jaguars Stadium in Jacksonville, Florida. And it was a good time. It was a really good time. For all you smart marks out there, man, uh, you, you, you stand out. You, st you stand out from the other wrestling, <laughs> the other wrestling hoi polloi. Um, I can point to you in a second. And uh, when you're sitting in the fourth row, that's who all of your peers are. To your left and to your right, uh, you know, there's jokers, there's clowns, and you're stuck in the middle with all the smarks. And uh, it's wonderful to hear the, the smart boyfriends talk to the uh, uninitiated girlfriends, uh, explaining who Arn Anderson is and explaining what a tope suicida is and, <laughs> you know, why is that person doing that and why is that girl wearing that mask and... <laughs> Are, are you sure it wasn't just uh, it wasn't just the uh, the broadcast partners of Jim Ross having to explain everything to him on every episode of anything? You know, I never thought that Excalibur would know more about wrestling than Jim Ross and Tony Schiavone. <laughs> but hey, this is the world we're living in, and that is exactly what's happening. God help us. I, I think maybe um, I think maybe Tony Schiavone and Jim Ross's hard drives are full, so like they they <laughs> they have to like do some some memory management uh, to learn new things. So that it has to be deemed very important to like remove something old to learn something new. So they're both kind of kind of stuck in the ways right now, and it's like, no, I know what I know. I don't need to know. I don't need to know what Street Fighter characters are. You know what I mean? Like that one episode where. Uh, the Young Bucks and uh, Kenny Omega were, what, Ken, Ryu, and uh, Akira. And <laughs> Excalibur had to explain to him who they were. And it was like, oh, God. Oh, God. Stop this conversation right now. Yeah, that's that's you don't need to do that on live television. Yeah, and uh, yeah. if that's not a live episode, uh, I'm sorry, AEW, but there's this little thing called editing. And... Uh, don't put that out there. Don't make Ross look like an idiot, and don't uh, just don't just don't do any of that. Don't do any of that. But uh, I think honestly, I think Cody Rhodes uh, and the the elite, the powers that be over there in AEW, I don't think they want the uh, the elder statesman defragging anytime soon. They want them making those references. They want those guys to be able to tell the tale of Arn Anderson where Excalibur might not quite have the first-hand accounts that the other two fellows do. So I guess you got to take the bad with the good. Um, I never thought that I would be starved for Jim Ross commentary. And though I do make fun of it, it is kind of welcome to hear it. Um, although I am a Shivani guy, so it's I'm much more excited to hear Shivani. That's fair. That's fair. But Dynamite Live uh, and Up Close was was really great. I was really excited to be in the audience to see Darby Allen 
It's been quite a while since I've seen Darby Allen in person. It's probably been since Fest a couple of years ago. It was really nice to see John Moxley wrestle. That's by far the closest I've ever come to seeing Kenny Omega in person. Um, within spitting distance, let's say it that way. Not that I spit on him, but I could have. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> Young Bucks and uh, Cody, like I said, Arn Anderson. It was really uh, a star-studded show, but it was supposed to be. It was New Year's Day. It was TNT. It was live. It was AEW banking on people sitting around, still getting over their Christmas hangovers and hopefully sitting around with their family, flipping channels and going, hey, what is this? Wrestling on TNT again? Which I think honestly has been the the the, the MO of AEW all along thus far. I think they're trying to accidentally gain new viewers. Um, and I don't think that's necessarily a bad idea. But by God, if you're going to do that, the, the programming has to be top-notch so that anytime someone flips by, they're they're going to stop flipping. Well, sure. There, there, um, well, there are new watchers to TV shows when they watch a show they actually like. And then, like, you know, they're, they're a bit too far away from the remote to change the channel. So it goes into the next show. And you have that two or three minutes of, wait, what is this? Um, I don't know if that works for wrestling so much. You have to like wrestling to really get into more wrestling, I imagine. It's not like it's not like you watch some cop procedural drama and then, oh, another one's starting up afterward. Well, what's this one about? Oh, well, who who killed that person? Now I have to know who killed that person. It's, it's different. If, if wrestling starts up after Jeopardy, you know, you're, <laughs> you're going to be like, oh, uh, yuck, wrestling, if you're not a wrestling fan already, so... It's just how it is. It is, uh, and I think that that is what I that too much of wrestling has gotten away from uh, when there's less scripted or even unscripted or lightly scripted, if you will, vignettes. Interviews are one thing, but interviews always look like interviews, and they and as if they're wrestling interviews, then they're the same thing to the casual viewer as a wrestling match. That's not going to stop them from flipping. What's going to stop them from flipping is like a scene, a sketch, an event that is happening in a backstage area because they're at least going to stop. Like you said, they're going to stop on a cop show to say, wait, who killed who? Now I got to know. With wrestling, it's somebody laying on the floor, knocked out. It's a car crash. It's, you know, somebody making an empty threat, but not to a microphone with a ticker running across the bottom. And, you know, it, we got to get more of that, uh, that event feel that I know they've become super dirty words, uh, in the 21st century in wrestling, but crash TV, crash TV works. It worked then I promise that will work again. And, uh, dynamite, as great a time as I had at this show, Dynamite is is definitely lacking that. They they've got excellent production quality. They've got a pretty damn good roster, but I just don't know what's happening with their backstage stuff. It's it's supposed to be a free for all. It's supposed to be a proving ground, giving you know hot mics to these people with very minimal scripting. They are not rising to the occasion. They are not dying. 
Yeah, uh, and again, we've talked about this before. I, I'll, I'll I'll give AEW somewhat of a pass because it is in its infancy still. You know, I mean, <laughs> hard to say how long AEW will exist. Uh, hopefully, for their sakes, you know, wrestlers the, these are very talented people. They deserve to to make a living off of their abilities, of course. You know, but so so like for their sake, I hope it lasts for a very long time. You know, forever, whatever. Um, but um, yeah, it, it's a new show. No matter how you look at it, it's a new show with a lot of talented folks who, again, maybe should not be on television yet, uh, who are not TV ready, uh, not not ready for primetime players, as it were. Um, there you go. So, yeah. So so there is definitely that. But, yeah, I think, again, and we've discussed this many times in the show where they see it as a strength. By saying, you know what, we're not gonna we're not gonna polish your your promos to death, and we're gonna let you guys just go out there and do your thing. And you know what, it, it, it's all you. You have creative control over what you're about to do with this segment. It's like, no, 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 no. You need someone to kind of wrangle it all. You know, to get all the, the rodeo clowns together and keep them in a certain area. You know, I'm not calling them rodeo clowns, but you get what I'm trying to say here. Like, you you need you need a lion tamer. You need a, and I don't mean Chris Jericho. You need a, a ringleader. You need a producer to produce your television. Uh, so don't let a bunch of people who have very little uh, experience with television do their own thing on your show. Uh, it's not going to make anyone look good. So I, you need someone there to kind of be like, okay, let's, that makes no sense. Let's do that again. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I think the first thing that a true wrestling producer or booker would do is not put Marco Stunt on television. I'm sorry. Whoa! Um, hot takes! Speaking of hot takes! <laughs> so, here's the deal. Um, Dynamite Live was a very good show. I don't think there was a bad seat in the house, and my seat was excellent. Uh, big shout out to Jared Hill, like I said earlier, our buddy. He went with me, made the whole thing possible, and it was a lot of fun sitting there watching that show with him. It was really fun seeing Arn Anderson. It was great to see Cody. Cody is, I mean, Cody is operating at a very high level right now. Um, Kenny Omega is absolutely falling into the trap I was afraid that he might, which is uh, continued exposure on American television has watered him down in a way that is unfair to him, but also kind of his fault. Uh, I think that being on Japanese television and only being seen by American viewers once a month or even sometimes for, for some wrestling fans, quarterly or even once annually when they would find a way to watch Wrestle Kingdom kind of made Kenny Omega something really, really special. And now he's wrestling every week on uh, on TV uh, in an American product and... He's not doing much with promos. He's not doing much with vignettes. And suddenly, the, a little bit of the luster has worn off. The Bucks are still amazing. I love to watch the Young Bucks live. I still buy into them. I'm totally on board for Moxley. Darby Allen. I'm totally on board for. And damn it all, if MJF is not the hottest heel, if, to be honest, the only heel in all of pro wrestling right now, MJF is doing it to it. He's not trying to sell merch. He doesn't want to. This is awesome. He is a heel and he is sticking it to the fans. So dynamite was a pretty cool experience. I wish you could have been there. I wish I could have been there as well. 
obviously. Uh, I did not. Typically, uh, for the holidays, I go back home to my native Georgia and see my uh, my folks and my family that's there, obviously, and hang out with you, which is always nice. And we get to go watch some NXT house shows, and that's, typic- that's typical of a, you know, of a uh, December for me. But uh, it was not to be this year, Darren. No, not this year. No, no. I actually um, I got a job recently uh, for a video game company. A non-wrestling related job, folks. Uh, a company called Square Enix. I'm sure many of you have heard of that before. They make fine games such as the Final Fantasy games. Uh, as well as... I know. I know I have. I, I, oh, there you go. Um, so yeah, I actually got a job as a basically quality assurance. Uh, which means I am a game tester. Uh, which is a, a lot of fun. Um, that's about all I can legally say about it. Because I signed a non-disclosure agreement. I can't talk about what I'm working on, but it was a lot of fun playing it for a month and a half. Uh, can I can I guess what your role is though? Can I is it illegally uh, binding if uh, I guess what it is? Uh, I probably should not discuss it uh, openly on a okay, well, uh, a podcast. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and guess anyway. I think that what they're doing is they're replacing Lara Croft with you. It's now going to be called <laughs> Barry Smith. Tomb Raider, right? <laughs> yes, yes, and I'm sure that would go over very well in the game uh, industry. We're, we're going to replace the woman uh, main character of this video game with a with a, a white man, uh, and uh, just no no reason, just to do it. We, we need to we need to spice things up a bit. We're going to replace Laura Croft with just this guy, Harry Smith. Right? I mean, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you should re- replace uh, uh, well-known, uh, fit, attractive female character with uh, uh, <laughs> getting closer to middle age, out of shape uh, guy no one's ever heard of. That sounds good to me. I like it, Darren. I think you're on to something. All I'm saying, I am on to something. You know what I'm on to? I'm on, I'm, I'm on the Perry Smith Tomb Raider train. I want to play it. Okay, okay. And... Well, so, Tyler Rollins, if you're out there, please give us the Perry Smith Tomb Raider game. Oh, Tyler, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't make that uh, that game cover. I, I don't know if you're on to something, Darren, so much as that you might be on something. So anyway, that was... No. Uh, oh, holla. Ah, maybe I can be in a video game after all. Um, with that sharp wit of mine. That, that, that's, how I, that's how I raid tombs with my sharp wit and, uh, and revolvers. Hey, I, I don't know. Hey, it... It worked for Indiana Jones. Why can't it work for Perry Smith? Precisely, precisely. So, so yeah, that's what I've been up to uh, for the most part. I uh, couldn't make it back home because of the new job. And uh, that's it, man. Just L-I-V-I-N, living. And uh, sadly, Darren, I, I must confess something to you and all of our hashtag dear listeners. Uh, since we recorded last, I have not watched any wrestling whatsoever. None whatsoever. <laughs> You're None. not supposed to say that. Hey, hey. You're not to say that. Put that out there, man. Put it out there. I think I was getting a little, uh, a, a little. Uh, I want to say sick of wrestling, but I don't know. I, I will always love wrestling, Darren Beasley. You know that. But does that mean I will always be in love with wrestling? Okay, I, I, I will say that. So I needed a break from the product. I needed a break from it. But now getting back into it and hearing about uh, what's been going on with you, it, it's exciting again. It's getting newish, newer. I don't know. Hopefully I get a new sense, a rejuvenated sense of, of love for wrestling right now. 
Well, I hope so. I hope that you can fall in love again. Sure, sure. Um, because otherwise, what are you doing? But uh, <laughs> you, know, you, you kind of sound like a, a teenager to a parent or a parent to a teenager who says, uh, you know, I, I will always love you, but I, I don't really like you right now. Sure, sure. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, you... you well, I, I'm, I'm the kind of guy that watches, you know, old old wrestling, throws in like 92 Rumble like I did recently and, you know, and watch it and I enjoy it. So I will always love wrestling no matter what. But when you when you have to podcast, ladies and gentlemen, and you have to talk about uh, wrestling every week, week in and week out, and you say things like, I hope things don't turn out this way. And they do anyway, uh, even though it's the wrong call and talented people kind of get the shaft. It makes you feel upset. And it makes you not look forward to the future of wrestling. Um, but there, there are definitely uh, happier uh, aspects to wrestling these days as well. And uh, a lot of interesting rumors as well. well. We'll get into those a bit later on. But I do look forward to getting back into it. Uh, Wrestle Kingdom happening is really, really cool. I haven't watched it. Uh, so when Darren talks about it later, he's going to be telling me all about it. I look forward to it. And uh, that's that. I, I'll get back into the swing of things, folks. But I want it to be transparent and honest. It is the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle after all. Uh, so that is that, Darren. Well, Perry, I watched a lot of wrestling. Yay! I watched uh, current wrestling. I watched old wrestling. I watched wrestling on the internet. I watched wrestling on the WWE Network, on New Japan Pro Wrestling World. I, I watched old wrestling. I, I talked about wrestling, and um, I'm just... Uh, I got to enjoy it. It was kind of weird, though, to be watching all of it and not constantly commentating on it. So I will say that I kind of had the flip side of the coin experience to yours, which was I was watching a lot of wrestling and yet not reporting on it. And so that was refreshing in its own way sure. to be able to kind of absorb it without constantly taking notes whether they be literal notes written uh, in my phone or in my brain. so. Uh, but I will say, if you missed anything, you missed Wrestle Kingdom 14, and that's when you need to go back and watch. So if you, you missed it once, don't miss it again. Don't let this year get uh, away from you because it is a runaway train, and next thing you know, it's going to be 2021, and I don't want you to have missed Wrestle Kingdom 14. Let's talk about it. Sure. Uh, first of all, uh, a private message from Tom Breen, um, who is uh, a dear friend of the show for going way back. And uh, Tom Breen made a trek. I believe he said all told he attended nine wrestling shows wow. uh, while he was in Tokyo, including Wrestle Kingdom 14. Good for him. Good for you, Tom. And uh, we, we are glad that you are listening and that you still think so much of the whole reference show. And we think a lot of you, buddy. And you got to watch one hell of a wrestling event. Hashtag your listeners, Wrestle Kingdom 14, live from the Tokyo Dome in Tokyo, Japan. Kicked off 2020 for New Japan Pro Wrestling. First ever two-night version of Wrestle Kingdom, which then went directly into a third night of New Year's Dash. And it was celebrating a lot of things. The first ever double champion in New Japan Pro Wrestling history. And of course, what we're talking about is the double reign of the IWGP Heavyweight Champion and the IWGP Intercontinental Champion. 
the first ever two-night Wrestle Kingdom in the 14 years of its existence, and the farewell to Jushin Thunder Liger, junior heavyweight superstar, legend, internationally renowned and celebrated high-flying masked wrestler, and what a career Jushin Thunder Liger had, and what a farewell he had as well. We are not going to go blow for blow, match for match, uh, because Perry uh, did not see the show. But Perry, I wanted to say to you and kind of get it out there into our little uh, corner of the world, uh, our listening audience, our dear listeners, uh, a record uh, in perpetuity um, for the sake of remembering Wrestle Kingdom. And uh, Jushin Thunder Liger, his retirement, two nights in a row. He wrestled in a six-man tag on night one and in a tag match on night two. And he stared up at the lights two nights in a row. Had his shoulders pinned to the mat two nights in a row. And that's the way you go out in pro wrestling, Perry. You go out on your back. Sure, that's what they say. Uh, I feel like some people have not done that, but uh, that's, that's the right thing to do. You pass the torch uh, because what point is there to win if you're not coming back the next day? If you're not being pushed towards something greater, just uh, go out, have a great match, and uh, if you go out with a loss, I guess you go out with a loss. That's just how it is. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. And on night two, you want to talk about passing the torch, even though it was a tag match. It was Hiromu Takahashi who pinned Jushin Thunder Liger, the newly crowned, newly returning time bomb Hiromu Takahashi. He was uh, victorious in his IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship uh, match on night one, and he is the one to put Liger into retirement on night two. And even though he and uh, his new rival, Ryu Lee, formerly known as Dragon Lee, um, worked hardcore in a heel capacity in that match at Wrestle Kingdom. It was at the end of the match when Takahashi yelled, it was kind of funny, he yelled in Liger's face, um, I will make you proud. And uh, by saying he would make him proud, he made me a little bit weepy. Um as our hashtag dear listeners know, Romu Takahashi is one of my favorite current wrestlers, and Liger is just an all-time great, and that moment was really special to see. So I'm happy for the return of Takahashi, I'm happy for his championship victory, and I love that he got to play a role in Liger's retirement. That sounds great. Did he say it in Japanese or in English? He said it in Oh, he said it in Japanese, but the the English announcers Okay, okay. okay. One the only, the only English announcer I knew uh, was Kevin Kelly. Um, Rocky, There were like four or five of them. Rocky Romero joined them a little bit. There was a New Zealand uh, New Zealander, but one of them spoke Japanese and <laughs> told us what Takahashi said, and that was pretty cool. Nice, very nice. Uh, speaking of uh, Gaijin, speaking of English speakers, speaking of Americans... John Moxley returned to New Japan Pro Wrestling and won the IWGP United States Championship on night one, defeating Lance Archer, and on night two, defeating Juice Robinson. And uh, John Moxley, uh, who, of course, was stripped of that very belt 
due to some real life contractual uh, hurdles, let's say, that uh, turned into a lot of finger pointing and it, it started to get a little nasty. And I thought that the Moxley New Japan relationship might have been over. But no, not only is it repaired, not only are they doing business, but the Japanese promotion has put the U.S. belt back around the waist of Moxley. And on night two, Moxley, victorious two nights in a row and back with the strap, was challenged by Minoru Suzuki. And boy, did the Tokyo Dome pop when Suzuki made his way to the ring, slowly stripping off his tracksuit, looking like he was about to challenge Moxley for the belt then and there. But guess what? It's not WWE. That is not how New Japan uh, does business. They don't make matches out of thin air. So basically it turned into uh, an attack, a little bit of a showdown, and a threat for the future. So I cannot wait to see the Moxley-Suzuki program that's going to center around the IWGP United States Championship uh, that is still to come. Um, so I, one more a major gaijin. Chris Jericho, the reigning AEW world champion, was at Wrestle Kingdom, and he wrestled the ace, Hiroshi Tanahashi. Did he wear the belt, the AEW title? He did wear the belt. He, uh, wow. he came to the yeah, he came to the ring and it was it was uh, behind or underneath, however you want to say it, his leather jacket. But when he got in the ring, he let the AEW gold shine. Now, this is what I'm talking about. This is where everybody started to discuss what is being called the hashtag forbidden door. Um, Jericho made the comment uh, that if Tanahashi could beat him at Wrestle Kingdom, he would not win the AEW championship, but he would win an opportunity to face Jericho for the AEW championship in the United States at a later date. Well, what would that mean? That would mean full-blown cooperation between the companies. Now, the way that all of this is being uh, explained to the public, to the corporations, to the ticket buyers, and to the fans is that there is no working relationship at all between AEW and New Japan. It is simply in the AEW contracts of people like Jericho, Moxley, and a couple of others that they are not exclusive to AEW. Their first priority is and must remain AEW, but they can do one-off matches, specialty matches, etc., visiting other companies. But by virtue of Jericho appearing at Wrestle Kingdom and bringing the belt with him, that was no official acknowledgement of New Japan by AEW. Supposedly, and out of the mouth of Jericho, that is the quote-unquote forbidden door. Do not open that door. Do not peek behind that door. That is the old-school, unopenable door that existed forever and ever and ever between WWF and WCW. And now Jericho and others are saying that that door very seriously does and should exist between AEW and New Japan Pro Wrestling. Asked to comment about that, Cody Rhodes has said, 
I don't know that there really is a forbidden door, and I definitely don't think there should be. He, Cody himself, restated what I just said about the specific contract situations, but he did not um, preclude the possibility that the companies officially could work together. Yeah, it's a, a tricky situation. No one knows exactly uh, what the issue is between... Uh, Kenny Omega has been the most outspoken about being, I won't say anti-New Japan, but very negative on New Japan. So I don't really know exactly what happened there. Could be some shady business dealings. I, I don't really... I, I couldn't say. Um, so it's... Yeah, that's why I asked you. My first question was, did he wear the AEW title? Because that's like, hey, remember all the... All the gaijin you had that were very helpful to you and your company and helped you guys move out uh, out west to the United States and uh, you're going to expand there. Well, they all left. <laughs> now they're doing this thing called the AEW and here's their champion on your show. Um, so yeah, that's, that's all very interesting. We forget, wrestling fans, we forget that there was a time and this is most of the time where wrestling organizations did not acknowledge other wrestling organizations in this world there was only the one wrestling organization uh, you know as far as wwf was concerned back in the the we'll say mid to early and and before that uh 90s um they were the only wrestling that existed that was it like they talked about oh wrestlers oh he's new to wrestling this this, uh, you know, whoever would show up from WCW, it's like, oh, this brand new rookie, Lex Luger. He went, he didn't spend years in WCW. He's not their former WCW heavyweight champion. Like, you don't, you don't acknowledge that stuff. Like, you were new to the company. That meant you were new to the world of wrestling. I mean, we see a lot of that nowadays with people from the indies. Uh, even though they've been in the indies for years. Oh, no, they're brand new to wrestling. It's like, no, nah, they're not new to wrestling. They're new to WWE, uh, but they're not new to wrestling. So... Yeah, so nowadays everyone just seems to mention the competition, which again, that's what made the whole NWO thing so shocking when, you know, Scott Hall and Kevin Nash showed up and you knew them as Diesel and Razor Ramon on Nitro. They're talking about, you know, we're from the North, you know where we're from, you know who our boss is or was, and it was like, you can't, you can't say that on WCW. Like, you know, that was, that was the forbidden door, you know, back then. Um, so I guess they're, the forbidden door was left open and the animals have been running in and out ever since. Uh, <laughs> right. So does, should the door be closed again uh, at the same time? That's just, I, I don't know. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't really serve a purpose. Uh, people are aware there are other organizations now. It's not really a big deal. Uh, so I, I don't know to what end the forbidden door needs to exist. Right, but at the same time, like you know, don't bring your AEW title to a New Japan show. That's kind of shitty, right? Because uh, hey, I, hey, we're all, we're all making more money and doing our own thing over here, thanks to you. Which you know, we have never thanked New Japan for all that they've done to kind of get us more of a spotlight. So now people give a shit about us. They'll turn, in, they'll tune into AEW. They've never been very thankful of, of New Japan. It seems. I was getting ready to disagree with you uh, and like your overall point, but toward the end there, uh, as you wrapped that up, I, I guess I do agree with your overall point, but to backtrack just a second, what I disagree with is uh, your dislike of Jericho wearing the AEW belt out there. I do like that. Forbidden door or no, 
uh, future cooperation or no. Um, I think that that is, at the very least, that will always be titillating. It will be exciting. It will be a little bit of something to talk about. And, you know, let's give them something to talk about. <laughs> like, you know, people lose sight of how important the Super Bowl used to be because the AFC and the NFC were not conferences. They were leagues. They were the AFL and the NFL. They were two different football leagues and they each had their season and they each had playoffs and they each crowned a champion. And then the two champions played each other in the Super Bowl baseball. There was the American League and the National League. They got together and their champions played each other. You know, we don't get that in real sports anymore. You don't have that spectacle, that unexpected, like, oh, man, who really is the best? You know, like, I can actually see a day, <laughs> that's if the XFL can last <laughs> even one season, if the XFL <laughs> somehow caught fire and turned into, like, a big deal, I could see Vince McMahon daring during the second or the third season to, like, buy a block of tickets to the Super Bowl and have the XFL champions sit at the Super Bowl and be like, we challenge the winner of the Super Bowl. <laughs> I, I, just, I just pictured an entire football team jumping on the field with folding chairs and uh, attacking, <laughs> attacking the winners of the Super Bowl. But, you know, until that day comes, this is how you have to do that. I think it's a good thing for Jericho to go over there because – Jericho is walking into the Tokyo Dome. He's walking into the nation of Japan as a white man, as a Canadian-American. And he's walking in and saying, I'm the world champion. In a way, that's, that's tantamount to Ric Flair walking into the WWF as the real world's champion with the big gold belt. Like, I see a lot of opportunity in that even if it doesn't become something official, even if it doesn't become the, you know, the permanent propping open of the forbidden door, it's just enough to be exciting. It's like a Tyson Fury coming in as the reigning champion of the boxing world, holding more boxing world championships than anybody in the last however many years, and then fighting Braun Strowman in Saudi Arabia. I mean, that spectacle, that puts butts in seats. And I think that Jericho claiming to be a world champion in a, in a company and a country that already has a world champion, that's engaging. That's uh, provocative. And, and that's what pro wrestling should always be. So I like it. I really like it. I, I just don't like Jericho. No, but I, I totally agree with what you're saying about, like, uh, in a way it kind of creates some controversy because of the history of AEW's founders leaving New Japan to make e AEW and then Jericho showing up with a title belt on the show and all that stuff. But it is kind of like, oh, 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 what's going on here? Oh, So there, there is certainly that element, so. Well, uh, lastly, from Wrestle Kingdom, although, I mean, we could do a whole show on Wrestle Kingdom, but uh, we'll save it. We'll do Wrestle Kingdom 15. I'm sure we'll have an opportunity to cover a New Japan show in great detail sometime in the next few months. But before we move on from New Japan, I would like to say that the uh, Bullet Club leader, Switchblade, 
Jay White has apparently found himself on the radars of the WWE. Now, you know as well as I do, no one with the last name McMahon would ever put on New Japan Pro Wrestling and give it more uh, than five seconds of airtime. But apparently, some of the powers that be over at WWE are touting Jay White to Vince McMahon. They're saying he is the Vince McMahon uh, prototype. He is the Vince McMahon model. He's exactly what Vince likes uh, in every capacity. And so apparently Jay White is now wanted by the WWE. And that's going to be interesting because he is a Tokyo Dojo trained young boy, young lion. And he has already been to the top of the mountain as the IWGP heavyweight champion. Uh, he's the man to take over the Bullet Club after Cody and Kenny and Adam Cole and AJ Styles and all the way back to Finn Balor when he was known as Prince Devitt. I mean, Jay White has New Japan to thank for everything um, because outside of New Japan, Jay White was an afterthought at a couple of ROH shows. You know, when, when he did his excursion and tried to, you know, do some stuff outside of Japan, it wasn't happening. But uh, in, in, in New Japan, Jay White has become a superstar. Wow, this all sounds very familiar, Darren. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, yeah, Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, everyone who left New Japan to do AEW. Uh, yeah, no one, no one was watching ROH. Sorry, ROH fans. No one was watching ROH. They were watching New Japan because it was becoming the thing. All of a sudden, New Japan merch is is for sale and hot topic. Like it, it's becoming this this new thing. The Bullet Club is becoming very successful, um, and New Japan played a big part in that. And then they went, "Oh well, we we got this good buddy who's got millions of dollars." We're going to go do our own thing over in uh, Jacksonville, Florida, of all places. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we don't need you anymore, but but thanks, uh, thanks, but no thanks. I don't know. That, that kind of was like, um, that there's, I don't know. It's it's We've seen this situation before with, like, what, Ricochet, uh, Prince Puma, right? He was trying to get out of his Lucha Underground contract so he could hurry up and join WWE and NXT and all that. And I think I, I even said back then, like, like, easy, easy. Like, you're young. You've got plenty of years to go, you know. Hopefully, uh, they're they're really uh, using you, they're really utilizing you a lot. You know, you're sharpening your skills. Like your contract will expire. WWE isn't going anywhere, and then you can just go over. Like you know, don't bite the hand that feeds you. People need to kind of like be more appreciative over the promotions that are giving them the the airtime, the ring time. You know what I mean? Like, and I don't know. They're, they're I feel like a lot of people don't honor that. They just like, uh, oh, this 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 middle tier thing wants me. Great, I'm nowhere. So that's really awesome right now. What? Well, when I'm only halfway through that contract, but now this upper tier thing wants me. Well, fuck these guys. I want to move on to the next thing. And it's like, no, 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 easy, easy, slow down, slow down. You're not going anywhere. You know. Um, I don't know. It's it's uh, it's strange. Obviously, I can't speak for every single person about that. Everyone's got the reasons for whatever, but at the same time, it's kind of like, you know, just be thankful for where you're at and uh, get as much out of the experience as you can and then move on to the next thing. Because after you've hit the top of the mountain, I think a lot of wrestlers are finding this out the hard way. Uh, once you go to WWE for the first time, once you become the champion for the first time, it doesn't mean that much the second time, the third time, the fourth time. 
the fifth time. So enjoy the 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 minor leagues, if you will, for as long as you can. Um, and the uh, the big leagues aren't going anywhere. So I don't know. Yeah, that last part is what I agree with the most. Jay White, uh, first of all, there's no there there is no minor league status to New Japan Pro Wrestling. Oh, not at all. So Jay White, stay Jay White, stay where you are right now. Uh, you could be so good, so big in New Japan for so long. Just keep up the good work. Um, do I harbor secret fantasies of like he wrestles at Dominion and then he's at WrestleMania and he's wrestling, you know, uh, against Adam Cole or Kevin Owens or something like what? You know, but it won't be that. I, I won't get the fantasy version of a uh, of a jump from one company to the other with Jay White that I want. It won't be that way. You know, he's going to go wrestle armories and community centers against Wesley Blake for <laughs> two years. Specifically Wesley no. Blake. I like that. And then they're going to put him on 205 Live, and then he's going to, you know, he's going to end up back in back in New Japan. However, what I basically what I just described was Kenta. I mean, what I basically, <laughs> you know, Hideo Itami was DOA the entire time he was in the United States working uh, for the WWE. But now he's their man and uh, he is poised to, to have it all because he is the man who it looks will challenge Tetsuya Naito to the first ever double championship defense. That's right. The main event of Wrestle Kingdom, Tetsuya Naito defeated Kazuchika Okada to, I'm not, I keep wanting to say unify, but he doesn't unify the belts. He just holds both of the belts. The double gold dash that has dominated the imaginations of New Japan wrestling fans everywhere in the world for the last little bit, came to a head at the main event of night two of Wrestle Kingdom. And Naito, your boy, Perry, I know he is your favorite Japanese wrestler. Naito does end the night holding both the IWGP Heavyweight Championship and the IWGP Intercontinental Championship, only to have his parade rained on by Penta. Well, Darren, to that I would say, Donde esta Hideo Itomi? Uh, <laughs> firstly, uh, that, that's, uh, I mean, there, there you go. Uh, Hideo Tommy slash, uh, Kenta is, is a cautionary tale. Here's a guy who was promised the moon, uh, if he would leave uh, New Japan for WWE and, uh, he didn't quite get the moon, but he did get, uh, uh, was it Riddick Moss injuring him? Now, uh, poor poor uh, Hideo Itomi was injured multiple times. Who knows what the plan was for him? I think we speculated on the show before. You see Shinsuke Nakamura? That was supposed to be Hideo Itomi. Uh, but <laughs> but uh, Shinsuke is just way more uh, charismatic, talented, uh, taller, better in every way. So there's that. But uh, you got to have that. So, yeah. You know, I will, I will say... I will say that I found myself fantasizing a few times while watching Wrestle Kingdom about the day that Shinsuke Nakamura does return to New Japan. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because, oh, my God. They're like, you know, when Suzuki came out to challenge Moxley, 
when Naito and Okada, like the all of the uh, little video package about the double gold dash was playing, every time there was a, a video package or an entrance or a wrap-up or a run-in, I thought, what if Shinsuke were a part of this? And I still think he has unfinished business in the WWE, and I still like the idea of seeing him live at WrestleMania this year. And hell, I would still love to see him live many times in many places, but I'd really like to see him in New Japan. Oh, sure. I'd really like to see him back without Vince saddling him with nonsense. I, man, the day will come and it will be great. Sure. Shinsuke Nakamura returns. Sure, absolutely. Well, again, I mean, this very quickly to wrap up your point about uh, Jay, the, the potential WWE courtship of Jay White, aka Switchblade, is uh, New Japan clearly has done right by Jay White, uh, and they know how to use Jay White. So it would be a shame to go to to leave that behind for WWE when God knows what would happen to you. Much like you said, probably put him on two hundred five live. Just uh, you go there because again, the whole the whole the whole problem with WWE and NXT is you know they've hit critical mass as far as far as having way too much talent and only so many hours of airtime. Um, that's a very real thing, and uh, a lot of people are not being used. I'm sure they're not happy with the way they're being used. Uh, there was a podcast recently. Um, not that I listen to other podcasts. Uh, but apparently uh, <laughs> Xavier Woods was on it, and he was talking about, like, uh, he was addressing that a lot of people are unhappy with how they're being utilized in the wrestling world and, and tell them, like, you know, they don't like the matches they're in, they don't like the gimmicks they're given. And, and his advice was, like, you know, stick with it, just do the best you can, and uh, things will turn out well. You know, he's like, obviously, look at me. You know, things are going pretty well for me. Um, and I, to an extent, I agree. Uh, you should be happy, you know, if, if you are given great opportunities or whatever. And you, it's, it's I guess, human nature to be unhappy if you're not on top, if you're not the champion, if you're not, you know, the highest selling t-shirt, you know, in, in the booth or whatever. Um, I would, I would though, definitely say, well, that's easy for you to say, Xavier Wood. You're, you know, part of the new day. You are the hottest selling t-shirt in the booth. You know, you're, you're part of the group that's the longest reigning tag team champions of all time. Um, and you're just, you know, you've, you've had a great amount of success over the years. So it's easy for someone who is successful to say, no, no, see, it, it can happen to you. Uh, for, it's not going to happen to everyone. I've, I've said before on the show, not everyone is going to be the champion of anything. Not everyone is going to hold a belt. There just isn't enough belts to go around. And if you make any more belts, it just diminishes what belts already exist. Um, so yeah, it's, it, it's a tough situation. Speaking of Xavier Woods, folks, he is injured. Uh, Achilles uh, tendon injury i believe and i know this for a fact because while eating at one of my favorite dining establishments uh the corner of my eye i saw a man wearing a, a gears of war hoodie walk by me limping and uh he was walking away from me at the time so i just saw a man limping wearing a gears of war hoodie and i was like oh, that's interesting you don't see people limp very often but uh, as he emerged from the restroom, which is where he was heading, he was coming toward me, and I looked up and noticed that it was Xavier Woods. Uh, so, I can confirm, <laughs> folks, he is injured, and hopefully on the mend. Uh, it's kind of odd seeing... I've seen a little bit of WWE at the gym, uh, 
because uh, they have SmackDown on. And I always go, oh yeah, SmackDown on, on Fox now. Um, but watching The New Day uh, without Xavier Woods is like, oh, that's that's odd. That's really weird to me. Because, you know, Kofi was champion. He kind of did his own thing a little bit. It, you kind of thought of him as his own, his own entity for a minute there. But you had Big E and Xavier Woods who were kind of still The New Day in a tag team aspect. Um, but now it's just Kofi and Big E. And it's like, oh, you're missing Xavier. You need, you need him back. Um so anyway, but yeah, so he's he is out and about, folks. <laughs> I saw him. I saw him at the same place. I saw Nigel McGinnis. I don't know what it is about that dining establishment, but uh, it brings uh, wrestling folk. I don't know moth to a flame. <laughs> and so yes, you can either confirm that Xavier Woods is in fact legitimately injured, or he is living the gimmick. Exactly. And, uh... <laughs> that could be it. He may have been working me. He may have recognized my face from the whole Ruffin Show t-shirts and been like, oh, no, that guy's going to report. He's going to call it right down the middle. I better pretend to limp is what's going to happen. So, Hey, he, he's, uh, he, he, he's redefining smart when it comes to wrestling. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, forbidden doors be damned, say uh, NWA and ROH, because they definitely seem to be working together. NWA power is, while not necessarily becoming the hottest thing in wrestling, it's becoming pretty hot. Uh, now, you got to have YouTube. You got to want to watch wrestling on YouTube. You got to want to watch new wrestling exclusively on YouTube. And you've got to definitely appreciate a throwback aesthetic. But if you can check all of those boxes, you should be visiting YouTube to watch NWA Power. That's right. Billy Corgan's resurgent National Wrestling Alliance has a show straight out of 1984, and they are filming in Atlanta, and it looks like Jim Crockett Promotions, and it feels like Jim Crockett Promotions, and that is very intentional. Well, the NWA world champion carrying the 10 pounds of gold is still Nick Aldis, and he represents that company well. Talk about a tall, wide, built, strapping, capable, striking uh, young man. That is Nick Aldis, and he is their world champion. But he is embroiled in quite uh, a hullabaloo with uh, Marty Skrull, the villain formerly of the Bullet Club and now of Ring of Honor fame, and representing Ring of Honor. Skrull appeared on NWA Power, and very recently, Aldis appeared at Ring of Honor tapings. Now, all of this takes place in Atlanta. So what does that mean? Well, Atlanta seems to be a pretty good mixing ground, a pretty good place to kick open forbidden doors, and certainly is a historic place for professional wrestling. It's also only three and a half hours up the road from me. So when the really, really big things start happening between these companies, Hopefully, I can be in attendance. Um, backing up to NWA Power for just a second. I'm not kidding, dear listeners. If you haven't watched it, pull it up on YouTube. It is remarkable how much it is a time warp. Um, the sets, the lighting, everything looks straight out of Jim Crockett Promotions. It is a total throwback. They are filming it at uh, the GPB, Georgia Public Broadcasting Studios in Atlanta. And it just has that weird 
uh, weird, weird old school feel. Um, now, luckily, they're not doing anything over the top, like putting a filter uh, over the over the camera work. So it looks modern. <laughs> it's just sort of a, a vintage setting. They're not using like a sepia tone or something like that? No? No, 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 no sepia here. It's not like uh, they're not putting on Western clothing and posing for pictures at Six Flags. <laughs> uh, it's just uh, it's, it's a total throwback vintage setting, like I said, uh, in a modern in a, in a modern era. I like it. it it's it's uh, it's totally different looking in every way. It's unexpected. It's totally unexpected. If you'd have told me that Corgan was planning to do this, I would say that was a nasty rumor. Nope, it is the truth. Um, one of the coolest things I thought about it was that they brought Jim Cornette in to commentate, and he goofed it up somehow by saying something stupid about Trevor Murdoch, and I think it was racially insensitive, and I get that, but, uh, you know, to lose your job, I don't know. Uh, Jim Cornette, I, we all know he's a problem, but... With Jim Cornette out, they had to bring somebody in, and they brought in Stu Bennett. So for those of you who were big fans of Bad News Barrett, well, he's back. Only he's over at NWA Power on the stick. You forget, Darren, that uh, uh, Joey Styles, uh, who used to be the voice of the indies, doing a commentary for five or six promotions uh, at one time, uh, he made a comment uh, that was kind of like a, a, a throw to, to what Trump had said, I believe. Um, and he got in trouble. Yeah, for that's th right. Yeah, he, he got in trouble for that, and he's we have not seen him since. Uh, he got fired from all of his jobs, and <laughs> it was very like, uh, really for that? That was kind of uh, bizarre. Uh, all right. So I mean, I guess when it comes to commentary, like you cannot fuck up like that. Like if they say never say shit like this, and you go, oh, I'm gonna say shit like this. Oh, okay, you're fired. Like I don't know. It, it, it's it's kind of odd situation. Odd situation. Oh, yeah. If you can fire Jim Cornette without batting an eyelash, that means we are in new territory as far as what you can and cannot say. Because Cornette was bringing a lot of cachet to NWA power, and they just dismissed him uh, without thinking twice. So, you know, I understand. Like I said, I'm sympathetic to that. I understand. I'm not saying that it should be okay to get out there and say inappropriate things. All I'm saying is let's be realistic people about what is and is not inappropriate. If it is, then the action must be necessary and swift and I support it. But is it inappropriate? I don't know. Uh, just because you say anything, uh, I don't think needs to, to see you nailed to the wall, but <laughs> Cornette's gone and Stu Bennett is in as far as other people you can catch on NWA power. People like Aaron Stevens, the former Damian Sandow, Aaron Stevens is there. Mr. Anderson, who was long ago known as Mr. Kennedy uh, over in WWE, has been in Impact TNA for a very long time. Eddie Kingston, Josephus Brody, Colt Cabana, Trevor Murdoch, and, believe it or not, the new NWA World Tag Team Champions, the Rock and Roll Express. <laughs> And uh, apparently we're going to see Marty Skrull over in NWA. I hope he brings along that evil Frankenstein's monster known as PCO. Because guess what? Part of Villain Enterprises, PCO, the artist formerly known once upon a time as Quebecer 
Pierre Carl Ouellette, uh, is now this. He is the T eight hundred. That's what he is. He is like half Frankenstein, half T eight hundred, and all Ring of Honor World Champion. Ring of Honor. We we. I, I remember distinctly the last time we recorded. Uh, now many many weeks ago, we said that Ring of Honor was as weak in terms of its optics roster wise as it's ever been probably weaker than it's ever been in terms of roster. But I think people like Marty Skrull and PCO, uh, and Hey, how about Dan Housen, Dan Housen making his, uh, ring of honor return and, uh, being at tapings recently. If you throw NWA power into that and throw ring of honor power into NWA, that's a forbidden door that I'd like to see become a set of saloon doors regularly and easily passable because that's a working relationship. That's only going to benefit both companies. Sure. I think working relationships uh, help a lot. I mean, ROH and new Japan, that was kind of the strength of uh, the companies was they would, they would swap talent back and forth and you made you, it made you more aware of both brands. But um, uh, which is again, which is kind of odd that, AEW and New Japan don't have that working relationship, it seems, or uh, they're making it seem like they don't. Uh, it could be a, it could be a ruse, it could be a clever ruse. You, you don't know. They could be creating their own controversy, which would actually be kind of a an interesting thought there. Um, so it's it's cool that uh, all these talents uh, still out there. Marty Skrull, um, I've always enjoyed him. Uh, I think he's a great wrestler. I think he's a great character, and that someone. Uh, who they they dropped the rope ladder to him for AEW and said, "Come with us. We're starting this this thing AEW." And he was like, "I'm fine here. Thanks, guys. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna finish what I'm doing, and then you know, I'll I'll, I'll catch up with you guys later on." Like that's what you do. That is exactly what you do. So hats off to you, villain you. And you know, not only does that make you more interesting to um to be the rebel to potentially. I don't know if this. I don't know if this is absolutely applicable, but to be the big fish in the small pond, um, you know, he doesn't want to seem like a bullet club tag along to AEW. He doesn't want to seem like the baby brother of the elite Go, you know, stay in ring of honor and be, you know, be the shit. Uh, the, one of the latest reports I've seen about Marty Skrull is that as his ring of honor contract is coming to a close that he's actually been offered WWE top guy money to stay. Oh, wow. You know, and like you said, that's what you do. Because if you do that, that's what you get. If you act like a top guy and you strive like a top guy and you sell yourself like a top guy, you get paid like a top guy. And apparently, Ring of Honor is throwing out the red carpet. They're like, we'll let you wrestle in NWA. We'll let you wrestle in New Japan. We'll pay you WWE money. Just don't go to AEW. Now, that's a nice little uh, bargaining chip that Skrull has, but Skrull should take that offer, take that contract, and become Mr. Ring of Honor for a couple of years. You know, Because honestly, the elite might be running that company in real life, but hashtag if wrestling were real, the elite, are kind of turning into bottom feeders in their own company. You know, Cody 
sworn to never fight for the title. The Bucks are out of the uh, tag title picture. Kenny Omega basically just recently, anyway, been wrestling six-man tags with the Bucks. Like, what happened to their prestige? Kenny Omega was just the IWGP heavyweight champion. You know, Cody was the was the NWA champion, the Ring of Honor champion. And I understand they don't want to be a company full of, uh, of Jerry Nash's. Lawler's. Oh, well, <laughs> we both had examples. Yeah, like, like exactly. we've said it before. You don't want to book yourself to win everything. It doesn't look good. It doesn't set a good example. No, but, you know, but because of that, Marty Skrull might be in the catbird seat. And so I, I hope that uh, he continues to take advantage of this thing. Um, we got to say goodbye to La Parca Dos. La Parca 2, La Parca Jr. Um, the man uh, under the mask, Jesus Escobosa, wrestled uh, since the late 90s, and he's been under that La Parca mask for a very long time, wrestling originally as La Parca Jr., uh, wrestling as La Parca, or La Parca Dos, for the last mm, decade and a half at least. Triple um, A. Uh, let, me, oh, let me just go ahead and say this is not the La Parca that a lot of you are thinking that it is hashtag dear listeners. This is not the chairman of WCW. Um, this is not the original La Parca. The original La Parca lost the rights to the name, uh, to the owner of AAA wrestling out of Mexico a long time ago. And ever since then, AAA has been putting uh, the name and the costume on somebody else. The man known as Jesus Escobosa. Uh, well, unfortunately, that man, Jesus Escobosa, La Parca II, died on January the 11th, 2020. He uh, died from complications due to an injury he received in October um, after performing a dive outside of the ring where he landed head first on the concrete floor. Uh, after experiencing paralysis, short-term uh, and long-term paralysis, um, not so long-term. I mean, it's only been three three months since the accident happened. Um, he did, unfortunately, succumb to his injuries. So RIP to La Parca Dos. Anytime someone uh, from wrestling dies, um, we like to say goodbye, uh, remember them. We like to especially uh, make recognition if uh, they've died too young. Uh, and then, of course, if it had anything to do with wrestling at all, in uh, and in this instance, it did. A wrestling maneuver gone wrong uh, almost directly results in the death of a professional wrestler. That is a uh, workplace hazard that you never, ever want to see uh, become fatal. And in this instance, it has. So, uh, Jesus Escobosa... Uh, we're sorry you will not be spending 2020 with your friends, family, and the wrestling world. Yeah, absolutely. It's a uh, wrestling, especially it seems with the way wrestling is these days, where like the ante has to be upped constantly and all these uh, high flying maneuvers, and especially when it comes to wrestling in Mexico, like they're, they're all I mean, they uh, Mexico brought the high flying maneuvers to uh, to the states. On that, uh, that the cruiserweight hour of Nitro, as we used to say uh, back in the day, with the likes of La Parca, the original La Parca, you know, Psychosis and 
and I don't know, the, there's so many that people <laughs> to freaking talk about. Uh, all the luchadors, of course. The luchador style is in itself very, very high risk, and it's called high risk for a reason, folks, because uh, stuff like this can't happen. Unfortunately, it did. Um, so, I mean, obviously, it's it's a tragedy. Uh, it's very sad that he can never uh, recover. And uh, I don't know. I mean, hopefully, all you can do is learn from it and and not repeat it again. You know, hopefully, his fellow wrestlers will kind of be more cautious. I, I don't know. It's 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 tough to say. Just I just want everyone to come out and and pretend things hurt and pretend to hurt their opponent, but never actually do it. And everyone uh, goes home to their families and they get paid. And they live happily ever after. But unfortunately, their injuries and, and the world of wrestling is a very real thing. Uh, and succumbing to them uh, this way is obviously the worst case scenario. And, and unfortunately, it does happen. So uh, all the best to his, uh, his family, of course. Uh, on a more celebratory note, uh, we have to talk about the return of Fest Wrestling. Uh, that's right. Uh, hashtag dear listeners. If you have not been keeping up with Fest Wrestling, and you certainly haven't been keeping up with it through us, because Fest Wrestling has essentially been on the same hiatus as us. Um, we were not able to perform live at The Fest uh, in late October of this year, uh, and there was no pickle in a tree this year. Fest Wrestling has not had a show since late October. We but are not. Are we, we, wait, wait, wait. And we are not saying the two are related, folks. Okay, we are not saying that. But, but can? But I am saying, can we live without each other? I don't know. It's a good question. Apparently and not. and here we are. We're returning. We're returning. They're returning. I don't know. I don't know. We're back in January. They're back in February. Ah. That's right. For those of you who love indie wrestling, for those of you who love fest wrestling, and for those of you who are hashtag dear listeners and friends of the whole Reffin show, you know that fest wrestling is a very, very dear wrestling product to Perry and myself. And fest wrestling will return in its familiar location. It was once known as Cowboys, then it was known as Eight Seconds, and now under new ownership, that venue in Gainesville, Florida, in Hogtown, is now known as Knockin' Boots Saloon. And on Sunday, the 16th of February, at Knockin' Boots Saloon, Fest Wrestling returns with Love is a Battlefield 4. Can you believe it's the fourth one, Perry? Okay, now I feel old, Darren. <laughs> yeah, lo uh, love is a battlefield. It's all grown's up, and it's all grown's up, and it's all grown's up. Oh well, it's a fourth annual, but we we know a thing or two about fourth annuals here on the whole Refn show. But we'll get to that a bit later. Uh, nice to see Fest come back. Uh, very sad that uh, in our hiatus we missed the Fest. Uh, even sadder that we were not uh, part of the Fest. Uh, like we had been the, the the two years prior, but I don't know, it is what it is, and uh, it was very sad to to miss that show. Had to had to just see highlights on social media, and YouTube, and it's not the same thing, folks. It's just not the same thing. But 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 Fest coming back is a very welcome uh, thing, and uh, I welcome it with arms wide open. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Scott Stapp, uh, and the other two members of Green. Um, I, I will definitely be there. I'm going to be knocking boots with uh, with the rest of them. 
at Love is a Battlefield 4 on Sunday, February 16th. You know I'm going to be there. Look for our banner. Look for me. Look for my smiling face because hashtag dear listeners, I know that a lot of you are also hashtag fest family. So let's do it up. It's a family reunion. We're getting back together because love is a battlefield and love is the name of the game as far as fest family is concerned, as well as hashtag dear listeners of the whole Refn show. Uh, it's going to be a tag team tournament as it has always been the battle for the love cup. And as we get closer to the event, we will discuss all of the tag teams that are being lined up for this tournament. We've got some new tag teams. I think we're going to have some brand new faces. Uh, and, of course, we're going to also have some friends of the show. Uh, we're not going to reveal any of them right now, but a lot of these people uh, are people who have been on the whole reference show in the past. And that will include Best Wrestling World Champion, the golden boy of Grabass, the feminist icon, Effie, in his strut to WrestleMania week and Effie's big gay brunch, he will be defending the Fest Wrestling Championship against the deadbeat Wolf Taylor. And I am so damn excited about this match. In the hiatus of Fest Wrestling, Wolf Taylor has gone 0 to 60 in 0.001 seconds. Wolf Taylor is at 60. He is in the red. He is hot shit. And he is going to take on Effie, the king and queen uh, of Fest Wrestling. And, oh, my God, Perry, this match. <laughs> Effie and Wolf? For all the marbles? For all the marbles. Yeah, that's, uh, that's quite exciting. Uh, we, of course, can get into great detail about that match the closer we get to uh, Love is a Battlefield, which will hopefully be here before we know it. Yes, and you know what will be here before we know it, without a doubt, and that is the Royal Rumble. The Royal Rumble yeah, 2020. Yeah. Yes, the WWE's Royal Rumble this year is, uh, we will again have two Rumbles. We will have a Men's Royal Rumble and a Women's Royal Rumble match. And uh, rumors abound about this match, as they always do. As they always do. And this time we are not feeding the rumor pool like we did <laughs> like we did out so many rumbles ago. We predicted that 30 Kenny Omegas would come out, and that would be the Royal Rumble, I believe. <laughs> if I were programming the Royal Rumble on a, on a copy of N64 No Mercy, that exactly would have happened, Darren. Yeah, yeah. I think we sold to our, our hashtag dear listeners once upon a time that... Uh, that Sting would would probably be number 30 and Kenny Omega would be number one and that WWE would probably forego its entire roster to give us Kenny Omega versus Sting and we believe that for some reason <laughs> like a couple of videos. Uh, yeah. So all, all I can say at this point is um, uh, we're... <laughs> not feeding the rumor mill, but you can't help but pick up on what's already there. Um, I mean, Lesnar is being announced for, of course, being in the Rumble. Brock Lesnar being in the men's Rumble match. There's rumors about Edge. There's rumors about CM Punk. Um, of course, we know one that would make perfect sense is John Hennigan. Of course, John Hennigan returned 
to SmackDown this week to the side of The Miz, his old tag team partner. John Hennigan, of course, formerly known as John Morrison, uh, Johnny Nitro, and then, of course, outside of the WWE as everything you can attach to the name Johnny. Johnny Impact, Johnny Mundo, uh, you know. And I think it's great. If, I, if, I'm, booking, if, if I'm booking WWE right now, he's going to be Johnny SmackDown. And here's the deal. Johnny SmackDown is pretty bitching, but nine months from now, 12 months from now, when he jumps to the red brand and he becomes Johnny Raw, oh my God, that's the best name ever. It's it's very it's very interesting, very intriguing. Uh, like I said, I was watching SmackDown at the gym and I saw on my screen uh, John Morrison and The Miz, and I was like, what year is it? I, I was a returning... <laughs> A returning uh, Robin Williams and Jumanji. Uh, he didn't know what was going on, so that that was that was quite odd. So, uh, welcome back again. Uh, it's cool that he is back. Uh, he's been gone for a, a good amount of time, a, a, a long while. So, him he's returning is actually a big deal. It wasn't like he was gone for like six months and came back, or a year and came back. He's been gone for a while. Yeah, he's been gone for nine years. Well, there you go. And and in addition to innumerable independent appearances. Uh, he had notable stints in Lucha Underground, in Impact, in AAA. He made his name all over the world, and his biggest downfall has always been not being absolutely great on the mic. But, man, if he's going to be with The Miz, I mean, his face looks like a million dollars, his hair looks like a million dollars. He has a body chiseled out of stone. He's a hell of a wrestler. He's a name. He's now made a name in the company, outside the company. I think John Morrison can be a very, very big deal, and I still think he should be Johnny Raw. Like, Johnny Raw is the zenith of the Johnny, insert last name here, gimmick. Uh, it, would, it would be badass. But they're not going to do it. I'm sure he'll be John Morrison. And that's just fine, but he needs a good program. He needs a badass program before he ends up being another Tyler Breeze. And if they don't watch out, that's exactly what they'll do. Well, there you go. You, you just, uh, I think you just foresaw his entire, uh, his entire WWE comeback, Darren. Uh, great potential. Uh, we don't know what to do, so we just shoehorn you in here. All right. How much do you weigh? Okay, you're on this show. <laughs> Next. Yeah. Oh, got him. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, I mentioned CM Punk. Let's briefly mention uh, why we're even considering that. We're not throwing that out all willy-nilly like Kenny Omega and Sting. Um, <laughs> CM Punk all, is all, all willy-nilly, all William Nilliam. <laughs> no, never, never. <laughs> we we don't we don't speak of William Nilliam on this program. Um, <laughs> CM Punk is back in the WWE, sort of. He is on their programming. He's on the show uh, WWE Backstage on Fox Sports 1. Technically, he works for Fox, and I, that just, of course he does, and it kind of makes me want to vomit, and it kind of makes me still want to hate Phil Jiu-Jitsu Brooks. Um, but the moment I hear Cult of Personality uh, on uh, live like at WrestleMania, I'll, I'll, all will be forgiven. All will be instantly forgiven. Um, I know you're not a huge CM Punk fan, uh, and I wouldn't call myself a huge CM Punk fan, 
but I'm a mark for that entrance music. And, and I do appreciate the contributions that he made once upon a time. I have not appreciated anything he's done for the last five years, but there was time. There was time. <laughs> Neither has he, Darren. It's okay. Um, who we might not see at the Royal Rumble or at WrestleMania or in a WWE ring ever again, potentially, is the Revival. We know that their contracts uh, have been coming to a close. Well, it seems like they've been coming to a close for two years, but apparently they are actually nearing their expiration date. And Scott Dawson tweeted out, we need to get everything figured out. Uh, so we're going away for a little while. What that means, your guess is as good as mine. Is it a work? Is it a shoot? Is it a threat? Is it a bargaining chip? Uh, it's that last one, Darren. Yes, it's the last thing you said. It's a bargaining chip. Like, oh, we got to... We got to sort through all of our offers, uh, Vince. You might uh, you might lose us to one of these to AEW. Oh, don't let it happen! Don't let it happen! All I all I ask is that it not be some weird half charade, something like uh, you uh, you work yourself into a shoot. I believe is the expression. The way they did Dean Ambrose uh, slash John Moxley's Exodus from WWE, which was very was odd. Real. Yeah, yeah. Please don't do that with the revival. I don't want to see nine months of is he leaving and where's he going and why and by the time it happens, I don't care. Right now, luckily Moxley, yeah, luck, luckily Moxley's good enough, uh, and the return to the Moxley persona is interesting enough that he survived it, but. The last several months of his run as Ambrose in the WWE meant nothing to me because they killed every bit of interest I had. But sure. in the next couple of weeks, uh, definitely stay tuned, hashtag dear listeners, because you're going to hear all sorts of uh, rumblings about this Royal Rumble. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, player rumblings uh, to speak of when it comes to the Royal Rumble. But I think the most exciting news pertaining to this year's Royal Rumble has got to be our fourth annual Royal Rumble contest, ladies and gentlemen. That's right, we're doing it again. We're just like Steely Dan. We're going back, Jack. <laughs> we're doing it again. Uh, fourth annual, Darren, Royal Rumble contest. What do you think? Well, we were just saying that Love is a Battlefield 4 made us feel old. Well, the fourth annual Royal Rumble contest makes me feel old. We're all grown up. We're all grown up. We're all grown up. <laughs> That's right. That's another reason why we had to come back uh, when we did. It's like, oh, man, we have, we have very little time to do the Royal Rumble contest, but we would be remiss if we did not do it after a streak of having it done. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna keep that streak alive, BB. Fourth annual Royal Rumble contest, ladies and gentlemen. If you've been a hashtag dear listener since the beginning, you probably know about what the Royal Rumble contest is. If you are new to the show, welcome. How you doing? Uh, we'll explain it to you. So typically, there is the Royal Rumble, which is uh, an event that happens at the Royal Rumble. The Royal Rumble involves thirty participants. And they go over the, they come out one at a time and they go over the top rope until there is one man, or in this case a woman as well, the women's Royal Rumble, uh, standing. What we do is we pick 30 participants. That's you, hashtag dear listeners. 
Each participant is given a number at random. Your number coincides with the entrance in the Royal Rumble. So if you are given number two and the second person to come out of the Rumble is, I don't know, say John Cena, then that means if John Cena wins the Royal Rumble, you win the Royal Rumble contest. That's the example right there. So you could uh, potentially win some uh, great prizes. We have not figured out what those prizes are yet. Uh, but we do want you to enter the Royal Rumble contest today. So if you would like to be considered for our Royal Rumble contest, all you need to do, ladies and gentlemen, is email us at show at gmail.com, T-H-E-W-H-O-L-E-R-E-F-N-S-H-O-W at gmail.com. Send us your name, your social media information, the city you are currently in, and a picture as well. Again, out of all the entrants, we will select 30 people and assign them a number at random between 1 and 30 over... Royal Rumble weekend, and uh, not only for the men's Rumble, folks, also for the women's Rumble as well. So that means you have two chances to win uh, if you are part of the 30 people selected for the contest. Two chances to win, people. Two chances to win. That means as long as each of those matches are going on, you get the chance to follow your lady or your man and hopefully all the way to victory so that they represent you you represent them, and you win a wonderful, glorious prize from the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle. That's right, folks. We do need your entry by the 22nd of this month, though. So don't wait. Don't delay. Get in there. Again, out of everyone who does submit, we appreciate you, but only 30 will be chosen for the Royal Rumble Contest itself. So hurry. Do not delay. Join the fourth annual Whole Ref and Show Royal Rumble contest today. Oh, that was good. I like that, what you did. Thank you. Thank you. That's right. Uh, dear listeners, the Royal Rumble contest is a big part of the Whole Ref and Show. It has been with us uh, since, since our early days. We were only a few months into the Whole Ref and Show when we had our first one. And now here we are at the fourth annual Royal Rumble contest and everybody that's ever entered the contest has told us how much fun it is to watch the Rumble uh, with those with those numbers and I know that feeling it's a, it's like playing the lottery it's like having a ticket and and getting an extra amount of joy out of it like I'm not a gambler but it's got to be that feeling that that gamblers have uh, watching a game, they're they're enjoying the game. Hopefully, they've got a team. They're invested in the outcome in terms of the game itself. And then, of course, there's that added bonus, that extra little investment of uh, that emotional tug, that emotional investment, and that monetary investment. And and I and I feel like this is the sensation uh, that one has while participating. In the whole Ref and Show Royal Rumble contest. It, it does make it fun. It's like having a dog in the fight, ladies and gentlemen. It's it's uh, it's it's a lot of fun. It's also fun kind of like watching the Rumble as someone who's, you know, paying attention to who is involved in the Rumble, like as far as like our, our uh, hashtag your listeners go. Um, so, no, I, I know a lot of people over the past have talked about how it does make the Rumble that much more interesting. You could join the likes of our very first Royal Rumble contest winner, Ryan Pate. Our second annual contest winner, Tom Breen. Uh, third annual winners, uh, Roshan Rochester and Jason Maxwell. Uh, one winning the men's Rumble and one winning the women's Rumble. So again, 
Enter the contest. You have two chances to win because uh, whatever number you are assigned uh, will be the same number for the uh, the opposite genders rumble as well. So what are you waiting for? Sign up today, folks. And uh, that is that. We'll, we'll talk more about it on the next episode. And again, we will announce the 30 participants on our episode going into Royal Rumble weekend. So uh, obviously tune back in uh, to find out what's going on, to see if you were selected. That is right, Perry. Uh, I'm so thrilled at this very moment. I, there's, there's something in the air, and, and I can smell it. I can feel it. I can taste it. It's, it's, it's wrestling. It's the road to WrestleMania. It, it's Rumble. It, it's WrestleMania season. It's the return of the whole reference show. It's the return of Fest Wrestling. Uh, it's, it's winter. The, 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 the winter is going to be gone uh, before you know it, and it'll be springtime, and it'll be rebirth. And boy, it's a good feeling to be here and to be part of this uh, with you. And, and I love that we're right back here in the mix uh, with our with friends of the show and with the dear listeners. And I'm so excited, and I, I hope that you have this big rebirth uh, of, of, of a pro wrestling burning heart in the year of 2020. Uh, it's a new year, and it's a new opportunity to love the sport of kings. Well, it is a new year, but it's the same old hashtag wrestle news and hashtag wrestle views here on the whole ref and show. Are you folks looking forward to 2020? Are you looking forward to what's coming down the road and 2020 as far as the world of wrestling? Are you ready to get on the road to WrestleMania? Because we're about to turn off on it. That's right, it's getting that time. Let us know. And there are a lot of ways you can let us know. Find us on Twitter at Ref and Show Podcast. That's R E F N S H O W P O D C A S T. Find us on Facebook. Like and share. We would appreciate that. If you want to, you can send us a Gmail, especially if you want to enter the, the whole Ref and Show Royal Rumble contest. You might want to do that. Uh, send us a Gmail, the whole Ref and Show at gmail.com. T H E W H O L E R E F N S H O W at gmail.com or. Or we have made our return to Instagram. That's right. Uh, we popped back up on during Wrestle Kingdom, and now we are proceeding. It is a return to form, dear listeners. Find us on Instagram, all the wonderful Instagram platform pictures and interactions. We thank you for all the messages that you sent us during our hiatus. I know that it was really unannounced and unceremonious, and so we left a lot of you guessing uh, and a lot of you uh, weren't quiet about it. So thank you for the for the questions, the messages, and the words of encouragement on Instagram or all of the various ways that you contacted us. So, so keep it up, and we promise to keep it up, too. We appreciate it. We appreciate you. Hashtag dear listeners, we welcome you back, and I hope you welcome us back as well. And we're going to see you next week. And I mean that. On the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle – the whole ref and show, by the way, my name is Perry Smith. And I am and remain the incredible badass that is Darren Beasley. Aw, is that again? And we hope to see you next week, folks. Once again, all the wrestling podcast falls right down the middle. The whole ref and show so long. Bye-bye.
And we're back!